3: Listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday evening. You know, I don't want to start on a down note, so I'm just trying to think of something to talk about here, big man, other than the Los Angeles Lakers, who you are a big fan of. And I don't know, we could go in a lot of different directions, quarterbacks, James Harden's debut, like, but the Lakers stinkiness is just top of mind. I can't lie to you.
4: Let's jump into it.
3: <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, how are you doing? Everything good? I'm good, man. A vow of silence to start the show. That's good. That's great for ratings, well,
4: right? Well, I was buddy. just You're trying very... to I wanted to say all the uh expletives in my in my my mind before uh-huh. I I voiced my opinion on on the air. Yeah. I got those all out of the way and now I'm I'm ready to do uh be compliant uh what we we have to do on the station, and not to get ourselves in trouble. So they're,
3: okay, that's good. That's good. I'm it's glad not a uh,
4: negative thing to start off when teams are playing poorly, because it's not
3: us. It's yeah, them. it isn't. And the Lakers are now five games under five hundred. They're a joke. It, it. They are. They're, they're an absolute joke. mess. They're a joke. I
4: keep seeing the odds every week of them having a chance to win the championship, and they're still like oh, third gosh. or fourth. But I, I mean, they can't. They can't beat bad teams. The Clippers are terrible. Yeah. They have zero all-stars or hall of famers on the court and it's it's not it's not even funny.
3: It's yeah, even it's funny. funny. I I forgot to look it up. I was doing the Overnight show last night and we talk about the Lakers being banged up and they have been, right? Like LeBron's missed time, Anthony Davis is out again. But look at the Clippers. They haven't had Kawhi at all. And they've had Paul George on a very limited basis. And I just wanted to add up all the games that both duos had played this year. And the Lakers, they might have, what, four times as many games with LeBron and AD compared to Kawhi and Paul George. And yet the Clippers still have a better record. It's embarrassing. Yeah,
4: it is embarrassing. And look, they get what they get. If that's if if you're going to put that type of effort out on the court, you can't be mad at us for talking about it. How poorly uh it's done. That has zero to do with us. And so they deserve to be spoke about and, and talked about because it's it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. Yeah. You it come is. back off the all-star break. Right, and and everybody's fresh and, and ready to go, and you go, you're at home, you don't have to go anywhere, you're at home, and you know, you're losing to the Clippers, the B squad of the Clippers, mm. and it's just, it's, it's hard to put into words. It, it, it's the it really dumb is. stuff
3: at the end of games, also. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, turnover. You know, the turnovers are going to be. That's just, you know, th- that's something that the Lakers have just been co- become synonymous with.
3: Well, right? and it's, turning the yeah. ball
4: over, it, it's just like, oh, okay. Well, we know no matter what, whatever runs they go on, they they like to – you know, they'll stop themselves because they'll turn the ball over. Now. The crazy thing is their turnovers were – they only had, what, 12 turnovers that game. But it's the time—it's when they happen. Right? It's when they happen. And you shoot 31 threes and you only make eight, it's hard to beat a team.
3: Yeah, and it's – like you're down by one toward the end of the game and Carmelo takes a deep three. LeBron was triple teamed. I can understand why he would pass it. But Melo, that's a shot you take – when it's a buzzer beater, right? When like, not when you still have time, to,
4: uh, right? You don't want to maybe dribble, get a screen, come off the sc- Look, man, get a bunch of old Hall of Famers together trying to figure it out. And time is running out because I believe they only have about 19 games left. And this is, uh, I mean, they're lucky to still be in the play in.
3: That's the crazy thing is this is how dire it is for the Lakers where Of course, they're in the play-in stage right now, so they would have to, as it stands, and it could change the standings, but as it stands right now, the Lakers would face the Blazers in a 9-10 matchup. Think about that for a second, big man. How bad the Blazers have been. They traded CJ. Dame has missed most of the season. Nurkic is out now. Like They've been the walking wounded, and yet that would be the first matchup for the Blazers. Uh, against the uh, the Lakers let's say the Lakers win that game then they would play the winner of the seven eight game and if the Lakers won both of those elimination games then they would be the eight seed where oh by the way they would face either the Suns or the Warriors they get boat raced in any of those The the, any either the
4: Suns or the Warriors you know LA could possibly get swept Because those teams are playing at a a highly efficient clip, and they are scattered with youth and energy. The two things that the Lakers don't have, youth and energy. Yeah. They don't have it. And, look, the Lakers can look great for a quarter. I mean, they can come out on fire. That third quarter uh, yesterday, they were on fire.
3: Yeah. Yeah. A race to 16-point deficit, fought all the way back? I I, I mean, they held uh,
4: the Clippers to 15 points. They scored 31. We're like, oh, okay, boom. Guess what happens in the fourth? (laughs) Out of gas. Yeah. What you don't realize is, well, they do realize it, but, you know, the fans at home watching, they're like, okay, we got this. But no, when you use that much energy and you're that old, Mm. coming off a break or not, it's hard to just, consistently keep that up. It's very difficult to do.
3: So I looked it up real fast, big man. Uh, Paul George has started 26 games this season for the Clippers. Anthony Davis has started 37. LeBron has started 42. So add all this up, no Kawhi Leonard right this entire season coming off the uh, torn ACL. So the Clippers duo, they have 26 starts combined. Meanwhile, LeBron and AD they have 79 starts combined. So that's just over 3 times as many starts for the Lakers duo compared to the Clippers duo. So that's the whole thing. Yeah, injuries have impacted the Lakers, but the Clippers still have a better record and they haven't had their duo for over 3 times as much as the time. Like, so I don't want to hear all this stuff about excuses explaining everything. Somehow some way The Clippers have a better record, and they've won six straight in the series, like head to head against the Lakers. It's about coaching. That's just bad,
4: man. It's about coaching and effort. It's about coaching and effort. And you can see, you'll realize how good your coach is when you don't have the crutch of superstars, healthy superstars. What product can you put out there on the court? And what are they gonna do? Are they gonna fight? Are they going to be able to, to compete? Right? And that, that goes with your lineup. It goes with all sorts of things that go into that. And I'm I'm okay with Jeannie and Rob Polinka saying, Hey, you guys wanted this team. Yeah. We're not going to fix what you wanted <laughs> at the at the trade deadline. You figure it out. And I'm yeah. o- I'm okay with it. This is what you guys wanted, right? This yeah. is what they want. And, and we look, and we're talking about LeBron and A.D. They both wanted Russ. They wanted Carmelo. They didn't want young energy and Buddy Yield and, and Shooter. They didn't want that. They wanted Westbrook. You got Westbrook. Don't be mad. You gotta eat, you gotta finish this dinner. You asked for meatloaf, you got meatloaf. <laughs>
3: Yeah, uh how about what how huge of a swing and a miss does it look now when the Lakers could have had DeMar DeRozan, the hometown kid Ridiculous. comes home. Look at what he's doing. He's a legitimate MVP, MVP candidate without a doubt. He's, he's been killing it. He's lights out right now. Just imagine the Lakers with DeMar MVP. and he wouldn't be an MVP candidate surrounded by more talent, but he'd be a lot better than Russ has been this season. He'd be available i tell yes. you that. He'd and he would available. be getting those
4: buckets. He'd be locked in and he'd be playing his butt off like he's doing in Chicago because he's from here. And yeah. of course he wanted to show out and, and, and show off here. And no, nope, nope. We don't want that. No, 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 we, no. Let's roll with we Russ. Russ.
3: And look, both you and I have defended Russ. We have. Most of the time throughout Vimitly. his career. He just doesn't deserve defending
4: this season. Absolutely though. not. Absolutely not. And his own fault not us we're not projecting anything on him. I'm using his own comments. I'm telling you he I was done when he was like as a point guard I don't care if I turn the ball what <laughs> Wait a minute as a point guard I don't care if I turn the ball over <laughs> to me I, I mean I don't I can't wrap my head around that logic. That doesn't yeah, th- make
3: sense to me. There is no wrapping your head around that logic, man. That How, just...
4: Who is supposed to care about the turnovers then? I... Yeah, like what, the what is center? it? center? What, what, it's on what? Dwight
3: Howard? I'll let Dwight Howard worry about the turnovers. I got plays to make over here. I, I'm not worried about missing
4: shots. I'm not worried about turning the ball over. Hey, bro, point guards are supposed to be the most efficient players on the court. Am I right? Yeah. Two years ago on LeBron play point, he was more efficient that year than he had been in his entire career. Led the league in assists. I mean, that's that's what being a point guard is. Mm-hmm. It's not the other way around. Oh, I'm just doing me. No, wait a minute. We are not. We don't want you to do you. We want you to get this team. What if a quarterback was just, out just winging
3: interceptions? Oh, we'd be crushing him. I don't care. Yeah, think about that. We'd be crushing the quarterback to begin with. But imagine, look, Brett Favre threw a ton of interceptions. Imagine if he just said, look, I can't be worried about that at all. Like, it's just it's not a concern of mine. He didn't even say that. Brett Favre was a gambler, right? But he didn't even say that, and Westbrook did. That's just, that's bad, man. The fact that he said
4: it, I just was like, oh, yeah, he doesn't get it.
3: I'm good. I'm cool. That's that's, that's all I need to see. Right. All right, we got a lot to get to. A lot of NFL stuff, quarterback news, dominoes, carousels, all of that type of deal. Coming up next, you know, we're going to stick with hoops for a second here. The Beards debut looked very, very good for Philly. The Nets, who do you like more? Do you like Philly or the Nets right now? How about the Bucs? A lot of people on, sleeping on the Bucks. We'll get to that right around the corner. I'm Brian No, He's E from Salaam. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon
4: weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the
0: iHeartRadio app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth.
3: I'm Brian. No, he's he from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. Quick, big man, which uh, metal band is this? Let it wash over you for a second. Pantera. It's a valiant effort. It's Slayer, man. Oh, oh. Seasons in the Abyss. I figured you listened to it I on told the way here. I
4: need the I need the vocals, man.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. When Tom Mariah comes in, you're like, oh, it's. Signature slayer right there for sure no doubt. Yeah, it's uh vocals aren't for a little while so uh you got to luck on that one but no problem. No problem on that. Hey, how about the Beards debut? Very nice debut Very for nice. James Harden. Efficient. 7 for 12 from the field, 27 points. And Joel Embiid's smile was from ear to ear basically. He was loving it and he was talking about man i've never been so wide open before we got all this space to maneuver this is unbelievable you got guys that can shoot it from outside and so at least one game in all is good in philadelphia
4: yeah you know what um
3: they're dangerous
4: now they were going against minnesota it is what it is but having right. a, a james harden who is Interested,
3: <laughs> yeah, right.
4: Whose interest is peaked in playing and playing at a high clip is, I, I mean, we know what James brings to the team offensively. So if he's engaged, then he's going to give you exactly what he does when he disengaged. When we saw him in Houston, right, towards the end, in OKC, like when he's disengaged, Brooklyn. It's a problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: It's a big problem because then he's just out there. You know, not a lot of effort and all of that. This is like a, a a breath of fresh air for him. And to be able to play with next to someone who is arguably the best player in the league this year, Right. I, I mean, the floor is going to open up tremendously for him.
3: Would you say there's any passive-aggressive, with this statement. Now, of course, Joel Embiid, he's on NBC Sports Philadelphia. This is after the game last night. Philadelphia wins in a cakewalk. Philly wins by 31 points against Minnesota. Now, of course, Embiid... Is giving props to James Harden, but just listen very carefully to what he says. Any shade toward Ben Simmons, who is not exactly a Steph Curry marksman from outside. Check this out.
4: That was probably the most wide open I've ever been in my career in the fourth quarter. Uh, the shot making ability, uh, you know, shot creation. Uh, should have seen my face. I was just like, "Huh? Never, never had this. Uh, nothing close to it." <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, you could. Take it a shade or not, it's the truth. Uh-huh. It is the truth. It's the truth. Do you know how hard it is for a, a big man to get space when the guy passing you the ball can't shoot or won't shoot? Right. That yeah. means as soon as that ball goes to you, his man just tracks the ball and it's a double team. He doesn't right. have to get back out to the corner. If someone's driving the ball and Ben Simmons is in the corner, they don't have to guard him. They can just double and beat. right? So you can double the ball carrier and you can help off the ball carrier and cover Embiid and at the same time because no one is worried about the corner uh, shooter. Right. So to have someone who can facilitate but can also give you buckets in the tune of, of 27 – Seven for 12, five for seven from three point line, that's efficient.
3: Right. And it it stands out even more to Embiid because he had the opposite with Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. You know, so it'd be a little bit like, uh, let's say a, a couple breaks up. And the girl complained that the guy never took her out on Friday or Saturday night. She's in a new relationship, and now that's all the guy does. And yeah, she's like, this is awesome. I haven't had this before. Like, of course, it ties back to the previous relationship. It's the same thing with Embiid now having the beard instead of Ben Simmons. Yeah, and, and look,
4: and, and and we don't – I don't know what's going on with, with Ben Simmons. He's still not ready to play?
3: Yeah, not like, yet.
4: I, I, I don't know what's going on there. Um but it's like they got two Kyrie's on the same team now, right? Like we we're not sure where the headspace is, right? How are you supposed yeah. to win a championship if you can't count on the people you're supposed to be able to count on? And that and I'm talking I'm speaking Lakers as well with that. Like if you can't win, if you can't count on the people you're supposed to count on, Ben Simmons is supposed to be rated, but he ain't played all year. He should be in shape. He should
3: be ready to go. He should be on the court already. Mm -hmm. Still not there. Now, they are expecting Kevin Durant to be back next week from injury. And I hear you on what you're talking about with the Nets. But it's crazy because it can go the uh, glass half-full way easily. You know, that's the crazy thing about the Nets. You can't count on Kyrie. You can't count on Ben Simmons. But that doesn't mean it's a certainty that they – won't be assets when it matters most. Right? So it looks like the New York city mandate, the vaccine mandate might be lifted very soon in a week or two. So you might have Kyrie playing home games as well. Very shortly. It looks like that's definitely going to be the case come playoff time. And then if Ben Simmons gets out there and you get KD, now you're talking, now you got something to work with,
4: but you can't just put pieces together and expect to go into the playoffs with continuity and chemistry when the teams you're playing in the playoffs have been playing together the whole year, Philly a, just did it. That, they didn't. No, they're doing it. One. This is one game, and they played the Timberwolves. Now, right. by the time they'll, they'll get 19 more games together, opposed to how many uh, yeah, right? Opposed to Brooklyn, five. They make it five together.
3: Seven. That'd be a good candy bar bet right there, right? But they make
4: it seven with all three of those. Uh, players playing together—they make it seven games.
3: I'm gonna go double digits. I say they get ten.
4: No, because if the mandate isn't listen, uh, lifted, I think I believe they have uh only what. S- so they're seven, at uh, sixty.
3: They've got twenty-two left.
4: I, but I think only like seven or something like that are are at home or something like that. Like he, oh, okay. he only has the opportunity to play in like seven more games. <laughs>
3: Right. Well, he's playing on the road, and
4: right? Of you course, got him on the but road. I'm saying, like, is, when is Ben Simmons coming back? I don't
3: know. That's why it's a crapshoot. So, I, I, it's it's. Uh... So if you're handicapping the East, yeah, and it's uh, let's look at the top three teams at least betting wise, right? Mm-hmm. Who do you like the most between the Nets, the Sixers? And oh, by the way, the defending champion, Milwaukee Bucks. So like, if you're talking about continuity and chemistry, they've got the most among those three. I, teams. I like the Bucks.
4: I like the Bucks being the defending champion, having a whole team together, uh, knowing what it, what you need to do in this situation to uh, play in those tough seven game series against good talents, and then uh, going on to the championship and winning the championship. You can't. I mean, they didn't get worse. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like the Bucks got wor- the Bucks got worse. So just having that knowledge and 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 that um, that chemistry, uh, I would put Bucks, I would put Philly, I would put Chicago if they can get back healthy, uh, Miami, and then Brooklyn. Wow, you got Brooklyn underneath all those teams. Yeah, I do. Interesting. I, and the reason, and I'm not, and it's not because I'm a KD is amazing. KD's coming off another injury. Ben Simmons will be a a dramatic defensive upgrade. No one can tell me when Ben will will be back on the court. Kyrie is instant offense. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: We may only have him for half the games. Right? So it's too many questions. It's too many questions (laughs) for me to put them in front of these teams that have been playing and playing well together. I I just can't do it. I can't assume that they're going to – to to come together and and play dynamic as one because I I don't know what that looks like.
3: Oh, I and I'm a Bulls guy, but I've got the Nets over the Bulls for sure. It's just the Bulls don't play good enough defense. I know that the uh, the Nets aren't exactly a lockdown defensive unit either. But Ben Simmons he will get on the court eventually, and he's going to help their defense a whole lot. And I still can't get out of my head Kevin Durant putting the team on his back and. Almost beating the net, the uh, the Bucks in the playoffs last season with no Kyrie Irving and a hobbled James Harden. Like, imagine if you've got healthy Kyrie Irving playing, Ben Simmons on the court. Like, that's a lot more to work with. And they almost got it done last season.
4: Yeah, that is a lot more to work with. But these teams, I'm telling you, don't sleep on Cleveland. When you look at the East, this is the first time in years – in years that the east has a stronger i would say top 8 than the west normally in the east you can make the playoffs uh under 500 that's been a standard thing look go back look over the years you, the 8th seed was 500 or worse in the in the east And now you're looking at Brooklyn at eight, and they're 31 and 29. I mean, that's saying something. That's huge. And you look at at eight, in in in, uh, the West, and they're 31 and 31. Right? Like, so this is the first time in a long time the East has has been dominant in its top eight teams, where. You, they're playing really, really good basketball.
3: You know, it's interesting. You say it's the first time in a long time the East has been dominant. I don't exactly know how many shows that our update anchor has been dominant for. You know, All like of it's them. the opposite of the first time in a long time. You know what I mean? He's been dominant throughout. He has had a reign for a decade plus on the FSR airwaves. Hey, Steve. That is our friend of America, Mr. Steve DeSager.
5: Thank you, and good evening, gentlemen. I'm glad you mentioned the Cleveland Cavaliers because somehow they enter play tonight hosting Washington. The Cavs with a record of 35-24. and Amazing, not just because this Mm -hmm. is Cleveland, but they've had a ton of injuries. Forget the Laker talk of injuries this year. Cleveland last year won 22 games. They just had Rajon Rondo a couple nights ago sprain his toe, so he's out at least two weeks. He was taking over for veteran Ricky Rubio, who tore a knee ligament. They just got Karis Levert. Now he's sidelined with a sprained foot, expected to miss a couple weeks. Colin Sexton with a season-ending knee injury. And they just keep going. It's yep. really amazing. And you were talking Lakers and Clippers. The Clippers, with that roster, also amazing, 3-0 and against the Lakers this year. Great item from Stats, Inc. is that the Clippers record the last decade against the Lakers, 30-7. That is the most wins by any team against any single opponent in the last 10 seasons. That is stunning.
4: It's embarrassing.
5: And it's this year embarrassing. (laughs) You're correct.
4: It's embarrassing. Flat out. (laughs) Embarrassing. And with that said the Clippers are still seen as the uh, little sister to the yeah. Lakers.
5: Oh, did you see the uh, local TV ratings of the NBA came out in Sports Business Journal? This is your local team on your local channel so far this season. Number one, by far, the Golden State Warriors on their Bay Area channel. They got double the ratings of any other NBA team. Wow, double? Yes. And That's then impressive. down in the bottom four was the Nets this year on Yes Network. <laughs> Uh, The Clippers, the Clippers get one-third of the TV audience that the Lakers channel does in L.A. Of course, of course.
4: Nobody cares. Uh,
5: And also Denver, which has had problems with altitude. I don't mean actual altitude, but (laughs) the channel and its carriage and so forth. But, yeah, the Clippers are down near the bottom as far as attention being paid. Granted, they, on paper, don't have a roster. You think, oh, I want to watch that game. And yet, a little bit like Cleveland, they keep getting some wins. I think that put the Clippers up to the 500 mark last night. Yes, it did. There was one day game in the NBA, seven on the schedule, but today, Boston got a win at Detroit, 113-104. The Pistons record, 14 and 46. Brooklyn is at Milwaukee in an hour. Goran Dragic makes his Nets debut. Kevin Durant will return next week from his sprained MCL. Chicago has won six in a row. It starts up in a half an hour with a home game against Memphis. The Bulls are tied for first in the East. With the Heat, Miami Miami in a half an hour, host San Antonio. By the way, the Spurs' Greg Popovich two wins away from passing Don Nelson as the winningest coach in regular season history. Orlando's Markel Fultz will finally return on Monday. He tore an ACL over a year ago. Guard Tyreek Evans after a two-year drug suspension will work out for Milwaukee, according to The Athletic. Ten NHL games today. Pittsburgh shut out. The Rangers One nothing. There's a stadium series game about to start. Tampa Bay at Nashville in the NHL's 33 outdoor regular season games over the years, home teams are just 15 and 15 with three overtime losses. To college basketball, number three Auburn lost at Tennessee 67-62, and fourth-ranked Purdue gave up a late three and lost at Michigan State 68-65. Number six Kentucky lost at Arkansas 75-73. If Wisconsin can win tonight, they move into first in the Big Ten. They're only up 50 to 44 at Rutgers with nine minutes to go. Back to you.
3: Thank you, Steve. Brian, though, and Ephraim Salam with you here on Fox Sports Radio. This is going to shock you, big man. I hope you're sitting down, but I'm going to (laughs) disagree with you on something here. Uh, I hear you on the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've had a very good season. They've surprised pretty much anybody that uh, you wouldn't have said, I expect them to be 11 games over 500 at this stage of the season. I don't know who saw that coming. So props to them. They've had a very good regular season, but – Come playoff time, like right now, subject to change, but they're matched up with the Bucks. Like, imagine if it's a Bucks Cleveland oh, series. It's, it's
4: not even. It's 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 not even anything. But w- what I'll say is they're a half a game out of fourth and one game out of third place. So coming mm-hmm. down the stretch, this ke- thing can shake up to where they're the third seat mm-hmm. and now at least you have home court at advantage and you know now you have a, 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 a more favorable yeah. a, opponent so you know these last 19-20 games are, are going to be extremely important uh for Cleveland and everybody in, in you know outside of you know Miami and Chicago who are in a, a race their own uh, for the number one spot
3: yeah that makes sense Let's say they move up to the three right. spot, and they're matched up against the Celtics. Well, okay, that's I would say more favorable than going up against the defending champion yes. Bucks.
4: Yes, yes. Right? Anybody <laughs> playing the Bucks in the first round, it would be the same as Cleveland, though. Yeah. In my opinion, anybody who has to play them in the first round, I mean, just, Cleveland just not you know at stake of of, of losing that. I think Milwaukee playing anyone. Boston, Cleveland, uh, Toronto, Brooklyn, Charlotte, any of those teams would, would succumb to the, the the same fate against them in the first round.
3: You know what's crazy, too, is the Nets, they trailed the Celtics by three and a half games for that sixth spot. Mm-hmm. The sixth spot's important, obviously, because you avoid the whole play-in deal. But I, I don't know with... Uh, KD expected to come back next week. We still don't know about the vaccine mandate, and if Kyrie's playing home games, we don't know what's up with Ben Simmons. So, three and a half games that, with just twenty some to go. That's like, a lot. I, I don't know. I don't know if the Nets run down the Celtics or no, whoever's I, in that six I'm, spot. I, I'm. I, I would bet against, I I would bet they wouldn't. So think about that. Where you might have Brooklyn as a seven or eight seed if they, you know, survive the play-in tournament, right? So the Miami Heat and the Bulls, who are tied for the best record in the East, in that scenario, one of those two teams would face the Nets. How about that? Like, congratulations. You have the best record in the East or the second best record. You get KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and uh, let's throw in uh, Blake Griffin. Let's throw in LaMarcus Aldridge. That's your first-round opponent. Congratulations. That's, That's rough. (laughs) <laughs> that's the way it unfolds.
4: Yeah, that that is rough. And, you know, that's why these games are so important. Coming down the stretch, right after the All-Star, all of these matter now. Every single game. I, that game that the Lakers lost was huge. If you're in contention, you're trying to play in, playoffs, whatever that is, you want to be playing your best basketball right now, not putting pieces together trying to figure out if they fit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Brook, Brooklyn's uh, – Fate is going to end up being trying to make these pieces fit. Look, everybody can play. You put them on the court. You at this level, everybody can play, but can everybody play together? We've seen a whole season of the Lakers not being able to play together. So just imagine, you know, the the dynamic with with, with Joel and Embiid, and um, and the beard mm-hmm. is different. That's big, little. That's a difference. Those di- those roles are already sketched in stone, right? Joel Embiid's not bringing the ball up the court, right? Joel Embiid's not coming off the high screen and roll with shooting threes. Although he will take a three, but that's not what he does. He goes and punishes punishes you down low. So James Harden knows he can control the ball at the top of the key.
3: I'll tell you one thing. The playoffs are going to be extraordinary. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's got to be so good. I mean, people will actually start watching the NBA. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And if you have been watching even more, I mean, you're even more psyched for this. I mean, just the Nets Sixers series. The basketball gods have to bless us with the Nets Sixers series after this trade. That would be amazing. Oh, it would be tremendous. Just imagine the beard back in Brooklyn and especially Ben Simmons back in Philly. Oh, my gosh. You'd have to tune in for every game. All right, coming up next, I can understand why a network was all set to throw a bag of cash at this guy, but would he annoy the bejesus out of you? We'll dive into that. I'm Brian no, he's E from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio.
2: Do you love Selena?
1: Like, really love
3: I'm Brian No, he's he from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. So we've been talking about the quarterback carousel. We'll get to that at the top of the hour. Some uh news items on that, who might be going where, all that good stuff. But how about the commentating carousel? We've got some moving parts with who's gonna be in the commentating booths over here with uh Troy Aikman expected to go to ESPN for Monday night football. And how about this? Rams coach Sean McVay, he told Adam Schefter that he's staying put with the Rams. He'll be back. Try to defend the Super Bowl crown. And uh, Amazon was reported to have a meeting scheduled with Sean McVay next week. Maybe a, a deal around five years, $100 million to join the Thursday Night Football commentating crew, but Sean McVay will be staying put on the Rams sideline. How do you think Sean McVay would do as a color commentator, and it seems like it's just a matter of time until he eventually does that. I think it'd be great. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be
4: great, and I think that um, we talked about him not being a lifer. You know, a lot of a lot of coaches are lifers. Hey, all day, every day, we mm-hmm. football, football, football. When you start talking about hey, uh, you know, I'm getting married, want to start a family, that that's not conducive to the coaching lifestyle because it's a grind and it wears on your spouse. It wears on your family. It it really is. And so being a commentator is a a breeze. You get paid Mm -hmm. more sometimes than you would being a coach. And, you know, there's an off season. They're, you know, one game a week. It's just a different lifestyle that doesn't change your lifestyle, right? If you can do that, then you've captured lightning in a bottle. If your second career can continue to generate money or income where you don't have to change your lifestyle, then that's what you want. That's what you want to do. That's why so many... Uh, professional athletes go into television, go into entertainment, because that's where you can make that type of money.
3: Yeah, I think it'd be huge. What do you think I'm doing this for? <laughs> right? I think it'd it. be huge for Sean McVay. Yeah, huge. But I don't know if Sean McVay would be huge for the commentating world. You know, I, I like. I think it'd be all right. He knows his stuff, he certainly does, but. I think he's got to take it down a couple of notches, right? Like, I like energy, but he's got so much of it. Yeah, I don't think he'd have that same energy column because you don't, nothing
4: in the broadcast booth would get you to that level of, mm-hmm. you know, he would get to out there on the field. So I many, every play, something can get you <laughs> at that level for a coach. Right. Someone's doing something wrong. Someone's doing something extremely right. Like, every single play, offensively and defensively, So that's roughly 65, 70 times a game where something is happening to put you in that state. And the booth. is not like that.
3: No, you're right about that. Now, this was a couple of years ago. The Rams were playing a preseason game against the Cowboys. So the game was broadcast on NFL Network, and they went down to Sean McVay, who was on the sideline, and he was doing a little bit of – Color commentating now. Just a brief sample. You tell me if you like this or not, big man. Greg Gaines had a big stop a couple to th- his last series, so this is big. If, anytime he can get these offenses in these, get back on track downs, that's always good for us defensively, and we can kind of get into attack mode a little bit.
4: I mean, it's a very brief sample, but no, he's good. I mean, he'll have a voice, uh huh. Right, his voice won't be cracking and all it because he won't be screaming and yelling and. <laughs> that's... Right, you take care of your voice. You know, yeah. as a coach, you're constantly screaming. I got screamed. My my wife yelled at me today. Really? Uh, yes, because we had our first game in Little League was today, and I'm my my uh, seven year olds' coach, seven and eight year olds, and <clears throat> you know sometimes moms don't understand the dynamic uh, of like it sounds like you're yelling and being mean to the kids. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it yeah. It, it, sound, it comes across as, why are you so mean? Why are you being so mean? Um, and you're just like, I was just telling him to get his head in the game. Well, That's no, <laughs> because I was first base coach, and then they were having like a party in the dugout. Okay. But what was happening with seven- and eight-year-olds, the batter is looking at what's going on in the dugout. Sure. Because they're he- having so much fun. And he's distracted. And our dugout wasn't behind. It was directly in front of, 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 of our batter, right? Uh, and so it was like they were jumping because they had turned. It was a little hot this, today earlier, and they put the misters on, so they were having like a, a missed dance party in the dugout. And as the pitcher was pitching, our batter was concerned with all the fun that they were missing, how to <laughs> – <laughs> in the dugout, so I told him, I said, hey, put your butts in the seat, right? Go back to first base. They're still going. So I go over. I said a little firmer. Hey, you guys got to sit down. And the third time, I was like, sit down right now. Uh-huh. All right, sit down. I like the first one. Put the butts in the seats butts right now. Butts in the seats. Butts yeah. in the seats. Right? And so uh, I asked my wife <laughs> to, you know, she's the team mom. I was like, hey, can you keep the the – the dugout straight situated mm-hmm. it's affecting yeah. the batter and then you know she was like you know the kid said you were mean and I said good, good. <laughs> I said good
3: no but I, I understand what it when it comes back to Sean McVay right here like, is crackly voice in the postgame press conference yeah. because he's been yelling at the top of his lungs for three hours for straight.
4: three hours straight that's what yeah. I felt I was like oh my god I hope I have a voice today on the radio but that's what happens when you coach. And it's just not for the games you screaming at the, every day. Yeah. As a coach, v- coaches very
3: rarely have voices in any yeah. sport. All right, coming up next, Aaron Rodgers. He's the biggest name that could play for a new team, but he wouldn't have the biggest impact. We'll tell you about that.
2: Do you love Selena?
1: Like really love?
3: Ah yes, what's going on? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday. You know, not a not a marquee matchup. It will be soon, but not a marquee matchup with the Nets taking on the Bucks. No KD yet, no Ben Simmons yet, but you do get Goran Dragic, right? Making his Nets debut. You think this is a big pickup for the Nets? Uh, uh yeah, I do.
4: I I think um he adds uh veteran leadership. He's played at a high level. He's extremely talented uh, at, at the point guard position. So, yeah, I, I think it does help.
3: Yeah, add some depth. Um, helps them, obviously, while Kyrie can't play home games as of yet. It's going to change soon, it sounds like. But, yeah, I like that. It's a sneaky good pickup. And, uh, I mean, Dragic doesn't have a ton of years left, but <laughs> they might just need him for this year and this year alone, right? They're just trying to make a, a go of it. This season, I can't wait to see how it unfolds for the Nets uh, throughout the, the course of the end of this season, especially the playoffs, right? Because where it stands right now, it's not pretty. They've lost a ton of games in a short span, right? They've lost most of their games that they've played as of recently. Um, but, man, the reinforcements are coming. And when you get some of the best basketball players on planet Earth in KD and and Kyrie Irving playing all the games, they are going to be an incredibly tough outcome playoff time. I I, I agree.
4: I still need to see. Remember last year, I think um, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden only played seven games together during the regular season?
3: Yeah, they had hardly played at all, yeah.
4: Right? And it, it just... We keep finding ourselves in these situations uh, when it has to do with the Brooklyn Nets and, and, you know, this talent, whether it be the two or the three talented players being on the court at the same time.
3: Yeah, I, I guess if you went team by team and went and you listed the concerns, like what could come back to bite them? I think the injury bug, that's a bigger concern for me with the Nets than chemistry is. I'm not saying chemistry isn't a concern. I would just be more concerned about are they going to be healthy because that's what did him in last season when Kyrie didn't finish the series against the Bucks. he got hurt, and James Harden was hobbled with the hamstring issue. I, I, I have that as a bigger question mark for them than the, the chemistry issue. Well, yeah, mental and physical health. Sure. Because that's, yeah. that's what we're
4: talking about right now. Uh, because, you know, Ben Simmons, an intricate part of of this team moving forward, if they plan on having a chance to compete for a championship, uh, is his availability.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, is he going to be there and good to go? <laughs> we will find out. But, man, come playoff time, if it's Nets, Bucks again, I'm cool with that. I'd sign up for that. Oh, Of course, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. But let's work in some NFL here, big man. Aaron Rodgers, of course, he's the biggest name, I would say, that could play for another team next year. We'll see how it unfolds. Um, But I would just throw this out there. He wouldn't make the biggest impact because there are a couple of other quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, just based on age. Russ is 33. Rodgers is 38. I think Russ would have a bigger impact if he went to another team and Aaron Rodgers, let's say they both went to new teams. I think the bigger get would be Russell Wilson. I don't think that's the way the news reports would be because Aaron Rodgers, he's the four-time MVP. He's the reigning back-to-back MVP. He's the guy who's making all the headlines with his IG posts and whatever he's talking about, right? But Russell Wilson is so much younger. And I think... Deshaun Watson, if his legal situation sorts itself out, he would have the biggest impact. The guy's twenty six years old. Huge for the next decade. Yeah. I think that would be a much greater impact than Aaron Rodgers. And it's not to say that Rodgers isn't at the top of his game, because he is. But how many years does he have left? Three? Four? Maybe? That's it. You got Deshaun for a decade plus. I, I agree with that.
4: And, you know, who knows what's about to happen with this Green Bay saga. Uh, I'm I'm kind of over it. I think a lot of yeah. people are over it as well. Move on or stay. It is what it is. If he wants to be the highest paid quarterback or highest paid player in the league by a large margin, then that team isn't going to be very good because it's impossible to do that and sign um, uh, Adams. Mm-hmm and anything else they would need. So, yeah, good luck. Give him what he what he asked for and then we'll see what the next excuse is when 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 they don't, you know, make it to the Super Bowl again. At some point, you got to be like people keep asking, "How did Brady do it?" Brady was never the highest paid quarterback in the mm. league.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: He never was the highest paid quarterback. That makes That's an impact. How he did it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. People yeah, keep goes keep, a long way. People keep trying to set the record for having getting the biggest contract and not understanding that you're sacrificing things that could help you get to the next level, get to that Super Bowl. Right. Because I mean, Aaron Rodgers has had what? Two hundred plus million dollar
3: contracts. He's been he's gotten way more than right? Tom Brady has. So yeah. at
4: a certain point you gotta say, compensate me well, but let's get this team and make it happen. If you truly want to win a Super Bowl, yeah. Hey, now I I'm not you. tell I, now, I never ask tell players to take discounts or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, if your goal I asked last week, what's the goal? What what is their goal? Is the goal to win the MVP? Is the goal to win the division? Which you can because you win every year because it's a subpart division. Is your goal uh, to get home field advantage because you've had that the last couple years it, it, it to no avail? Like, What is your goal if you're Green Bay? And if that's to win the Super Bowl, then you can't pay Aaron Rodgers all that money. Yeah. I think that, uh, that's the simplest thing you can do is ask yourself
3: that. Yeah, it's a really tough game. I hear you, and it makes all the sense in the world. It's just you understand that Aaron Rodgers has been – a headache, right? He's been a uh, a talent, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things in radio, I was running a radio station. we had a consultant, he said our new guy. he said, uh, brian, he's a, he's a talent, and that meant a colossal pain in the rectum. is what <laughs> it meant, right? Like that's what Aaron Rodgers can be also, but one, he's worth it, and two, we know this that there are a lot of teams lining up to pay him top dollar. And so that's a dangerous game that the Packers would be playing on the heels of drafting Jordan Love, if they said everything. And it makes all the sense in the world to say, "Hey, look at the template that Brady had, and how successful he was." And I mean, we don't I'm not taking, I'm not saying take a haircut with half your salary, but if you take a bit of a haircut, it, it might do us awesome good. It makes all the sense in the world. I'm just saying it's a dangerous game for the Packers to play and approach Aaron Rodgers with that. What? Yeah.
4: At a certain point, you still have to run the organization. Sure. And if he literally, which is what is out there, he wants to be the highest paid by a large margin, close to fifty million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. What team can you put together? Yeah. With top tier ten, and they're already in
3: salary cap ruins. They are already forty
4: million over the cap. Yeah. Nobody. First of all, Green Bay is not a, a a a destination, right? It's not a free agent destination. Not a lot of guys, not a lot of guys lining up to go to Green Bay. So you have to keep that into consideration when you're talking about we're going to lose a large use a large chunk of our money to sign Aaron Rodgers. Where does that leave us in the draft, and where does that leave us? With Adams, where does that leave us? With key uh, offensive linemen and defensive linemen, there are so many questions that need to be answered. And the one guy supposed to be leading your team wants the most money out of anybody ever.
3: Right? It just it doesn't say success to me. I hear you, and I mean, if you look at the playoffs, Joe Burrow rookie deal. I mean, you can still have a deep playoff run with the quarterback that isn't on his rookie deal. That can happen. Matthew Stafford wasn't making minimum wage for the Rams this past season, right? But if you look, it is an advantage with the Bengals not having to pay top dollar to Joe Burrow. If you look at the team, one of the teams that they beat in the playoffs, the Chiefs, Mahomes is making big money and you're already seeing the ripple effect. It's not calling him greedy or anything like that. It's just to say there's a ripple effect. There's a hard salary cap, and they've already cut Anthony Hitchens, their linebacker. They're talking about maybe releasing Frank Clark. There's just a, a ripple effect when your top quarterback is taking top money. Yeah, it, it
4: and it may seem like it's not immediately felt, but it, it it's looming. It's right there. And you want to really handicap yourself, Green Bay? Do that. Mm. Do that now. If you're able to trade Aaron Rodgers for handsome, <laughs> right? For handsome price, which it will be, then you really have to take that into account.
3: Man, it's tough, it yeah, is tough. I, I hear Welcome you. Welcome to the world of a GM. I know. I would, for me, I would willingly pay top dollar to get Aaron Rodgers back. Because we're instant Super Bowl contenders, if that's the case. And I hear you, it could be a, a very enticing trade package. You get picks galore and all of that. But you got to hit on a lot of those picks for it to be worth Which your you can, while. But you can, you though. Like, you really you can. can. But if it if you don't hit and you don't have big success, it's hard to win a Super Bowl. Like, you're going to be known as the GM who traded Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but it's also hard to, to, to win to
4: win a Super Bowl when you're handcuffed. Yeah, There's a reason Brady won, the, uh, how he's able to, to win so many Super Bowls or get to so many Super Bowls.
3: Yeah, There's a it, reason for that. Hey, man, I get it. And uh, I brought this up with Dak Prescott, and I suggested the same thing you're saying. And look, if you are uh, worth top dollar, they're willing to pay you top dollar, I understand it's hard – to say, you know what, just leave a little bit on the table for some other players around me. But I think it makes more sense and goes a long way to giving yourself a complimentary roster. And so it's a weird conversation to have. It's not calling Mahomes or Dak or any of these quarterbacks making top money greedy. It's what they've earned, but it absolutely has a ripple effect.
4: And Mahomes' contract is team-friendly. Right. It's it's not it's five hundred million dollars, but it's not that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's roughly only one hundred and what, I think, fifty two million guaranteed. And the
3: rest is, you know, it, it's like it's the cost of doing business. Yeah, it makes way more sense to have Mahomes signed to that deal than course, to not yes. have him. Like, But but we're just saying if it's a little bit, a little bit left on the table, that can go a long way. You can stretch those dollars and get. An impact player, maybe a couple of role players, like that's that's just what it costs you. It prevents you from doing that if you're given top dollar. Yeah, what really hammers you if you're paying top dollar to a guy that's not worth top dollar.
4: Oh, that's, you know? that's, that's <laughs> the worst thing you could do. So I see your argument of, well, oh, he's worth it. Of course he's worth it. But to what avail? Because mm-hmm. he hasn't been to the Super Bowl in 12 years. That's crazy to think about, man. Wow. Seriously, twelve years. So, what are we doing? Like, he's had two MVP seasons back to back, right? Home field advantage in the playoffs to no avail. So, as a as a GM, I'm like, okay, when do we Uh stop? (laughs) Right? Right? Like, when do we stop? When do we stop? Because we're not we're not getting the reward. You're not getting the benefits.
3: Yeah, Of all of those wonderful things. You know, there's one thing. We'll, we'll get to this next because there's another layer to it where I hear your argument, but then if you take it a step further with other teams trying to acquire, trying to trade Aaron Rodgers, what's the thought process with all of that? We'll dive into that right around the corner. Hang with us. Brian Noe and Ephraim Salam with you here on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Do you love Selena?
1: Like, really love
3: I'm Brian Noh, he's e from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. You know, it's interesting, man, Listen to hear you talk about Aaron Rodgers and uh, the Packers would have to pay him a ton of cash and all of that. It just begs the question, what about another team? Because not only would you have to pay him a bag of cash, you got to throw trade assets galore. We're talking multiple first round picks, maybe a starter, maybe second and then third round pick. Like... When you add the compensation to trade for Aaron Rodgers on top of having to pay him, where do you stand on another team doing just that? Well, it depends on where they are, right? If it's say Detroit did it. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense.
4: Right? Like yes. or say you know Cleveland did it. Yeah, they got
3: a pretty talented roster. Right? It makes so, a lot more sense.
4: So so you're like, okay, we're willing to take the next step. Yeah. The problem with Green Bay is they have been on the same step for over a decade. <laughs> right? Mike McCarthy was fired for this reason. For this reason, right? Now you got the new coach in, got LaFleur, everything's going well, and uh, MVP back to back home court home right nothing so we saw it in Philadelphia with Andy Reid, right <laughs> NFC championships you're there every every year you're there it's it's but you stayed on the same step so eventually something has to give now, if you have a, a you know a a, play, a person with the value of, of of Aaron Rodgers, and they're not happy, which they've already told you they weren't happy, they weren't happy last year. You rearrange some things to give him somewhat control of what happens in the future, and now he's saying, "Oh yeah, you got to pay me more than anybody has ever made in the history of the of the league." But what that does, it takes you further away from the step you've been on for all, for for so long. For the last two years, it takes you a step down. Because now you're burning up the asset. You don't have enough assets to continue being taking those steps. So if a team like Cleveland or a team like um Denver. Let's say Denver. Right, who who are tr- they're trying to Miami?
3: Yeah, I knew you were going. To-
4: you <laughs> already just- know, right? Yeah, a team like Miami, they're trying to take that that step is a win for them. Everybody wants to win the Super Bowl, but that step is a is a, is going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. The problem with Green Bay, if they decide to pay Aaron Rodgers that money, they may be going backwards, and that's not a good business move.
3: I understand what you are saying. I just think that uh, it's a momentum argument, right? Yeah, yeah. And I would just say that the Packers, even though this last postseason was a complete meltdown, it's like, look how quirky it was, though, right? Like, are we, as the Packers organization, are we just going to say, you know what? We might be actually losing momentum, as crazy as it sounds, if we re-sign Aaron Rodgers based on how things have gone for us in the playoffs for a long time. It's like... Look how they lost to the Niners. They got a punt blocked for a touchdown. You know, like, San Francisco couldn't move the ball hardly at all. Yeah, but but Aaron had an opportunity. He did. To win the the game. They melted down special teams-wise. And so that's all I'm saying is, are we willing, as the Packers organization, to say, you know what, handwriting's on the wall, we just... We're not convinced we're going to win a Super Bowl even if we bring back Aaron Rodgers, so let's go in a different direction.
4: I, I, like, I, I get it, but the, yeah. the, the only problem I'm saying is if you if you allocate that much money, of the, that much of the salary cap, then how can you possibly – you're already over, so you already have to make some huge adjustments. How could you possibly sign Devontae Adams – Aaron Rodgers and the other piece, some of the defensive pieces, and like I said, the offense. How c-
1: mm-hmm.
4: that is is the problem. He's already said he needs more help. Right? He's mad at you because you took a quarterback that's not going to play opposed to a position that can help him. Right? It's still the same Aaron Rodgers. I don't care if you put makeup on it, perfume, cologne, or whatever it is. It's still the same guy who held you hostage last year.
3: Yeah. You'd have to restructure. You'd have to do some cap gymnastics. You'd, of course, you'd have to release a couple of guys. Yeah. But it can be done. You can, it can still have Of course, a, you,
4: can, you can do it, and you can have yeah. a team that can roll out there and, and you know, get you back to the win the division
3: <laughs> and get you into the playoffs and what? I mean, I hear you. Like, based on what they've done for a while, yeah, the odds certainly favor them not winning a Super Bowl, but they're knocking on the door. They're right there, right? They're right there in the mix as one of the teams. And I know I can just sense a collective eye roll from people like, oh, but look at what has happened. I always argue just because it has happened before doesn't mean it's destined to always happen going forward, right? They have won a Super Bowl before. Yeah, they have. And they've had some of the flukiest losses in the playoffs. Like the Seattle NFC title game onside kick, like if that's in a movie, you walk out like this is the dumbest script ever. <laughs> Look, and it I, happened. Yeah, it it did. And when you have a whole bunch of
4: those lined up, then it they're just losses. You can't keep saying, "Well, we lost. The only reason we lost was because of that. The only reason we lost last year because
3: of this. The only they're just losses." You know the funny thing is, Denver. Miami Cleveland a lot of the teams that you've mentioned they're praying to be in the same yes. situations that Green Bay has been absolutely in, where you at least have a shot for it to go your way and that's what I meant
4: by you know where Green Bay has landed the last few years is a huge step up for for a lot of oh, teams
3: absolutely it is but is it a step up for Green Bay well, you're in the same spot that those other teams desire to be in. Mm-hmm. So and, and like, are
4: you really the, are you willing to hamstring yourselves to stay in that spot? Yes. Okay. My answer is yes. And 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 look, and that's just GM 1 GM may say yes, 1 GM right. may say no. Totally. Right? And that's just look, we're going to the, the the problem Green Bay has is they don't have an owner. So right. You know, so it's, it's no owner like, no, I don't want to do that. Yes, I do want to do that. Whatever that is. And, look, I'm not minimizing how great Aaron Rodgers has been or is. My only problem is when you talk about greatness like that, where are the trips to the Super Bowl? Because mm. what we've seen is we've seen Nick Foles go to the Super Bowl. Mm. We've seen <laughs> – listen, we yeah. we've seen – um uh Jared Goff go to the Super Bowl. Mm, yeah. we, we've seen uh uh Matthew Stafford go and win. We've seen uh Jimmy Garoppolo Oof. right? We've yeah. seen all of these guys, Matt Ryan. Right? You wouldn't put any of those quarterbacks, I said, on the level of Aaron Rodgers.
3: No. And we've seen all of them go to the Super Bowl. And where the hell has Aaron been? I know. I still maintain that Denver would be willing to give up first rounders, second round, third round, maybe a player to get to where Green Bay is. And if I was Green
4: Bay, I would strongly consider that. Yeah. Because the value that that brings, now you're rebuilding or whatever it is you're planning to do, you have assets to do it with just like – if we move time slots or stations or network, right, the thing we would have to take with us to make it successful is a guy who brings ultimate value to the team that has a no-trade clause in his contract, right? Because he is the team,
1: <laughs> That's right?
4: right? <laughs> you can't trade this guy. And that's our very own Stephen... NT de Sega.
5: Contract? What is that? Uh, yeah, you're right that the Packers <laughs> currently about 50 mil over the cap. I have read in the Athletic that linebacker Zadarius Smith has a huge cap figure for 2022, so he could be a cut. Or finally, Mason Crosby, the kicker, Randall Cobb. I know there was move movement today at tackle David Bakhtiari he had some of salary and roster bonus converted that clears about nine mil in cap space. Saints created cap space by restructuring three contracts. They're still about 40 million over. The league year starts March the 16th. As for the NBA, we've got in just a few minutes the tip-off of Brooklyn at Milwaukee. Goran Dragic with his Nets debut. Kevin Durant will return next week from the sprained MCL. The late game in a half an hour will have Denver, winners of four straight, hosting Sacramento. The Spurs are leading late first quarter at Miami, 33-20. Miami and the Bulls are tied for first in the Eastern Conference. Bulls are losing late first quarter at home to Memphis 26 to 17. Earlier today, Boston was a winner at Detroit, 113 to 104. The NHL has a stadium series game going. About sixty thousand fans on hand at the Tennessee Titans Stadium. For hockey, Nashville is hosting Tampa Bay end of the first period, the Nashville Predators up one-nothing. Attendance at these outdoor games over the years averages over fifty three thousand in the games which fans have been able to attend. To college basketball, Number three, Auburn lost at 17th-ranked Tennessee, 67-62. Fourth-ranked Purdue lost at Michigan State, 68-65 on a last-second three-pointer. Sixth-ranked Kentucky lost, 75-73 at Arkansas. And ninth-ranked Texas Tech has lost, 69-66 at TCU. Tech hit a three-pointer at the end, but the shot did come after the buzzer. We have one week left in the college basketball season, so Selection Sunday for March Madness is just over two weeks away. Among the games in progress, fifth-ranked Kansas leading at number 10, Baylor, 24-13. About seven minutes to go in the first half. And just starting on FS1 from the Big East, Creighton at number 11, Providence. As for Major League Baseball, the good news is they will meet again tomorrow in Florida. The bad news is MLB and the Players Union are still far apart on a new labor agreement. Met again today. They have met every day this week for negotiations. And then there's this from Dateline Juneau, Alaska. A pep club had a country theme, so some student fans dressed like cowboys for their basketball game. Not realizing that it's been on the schedule all season, their opponent for that day was a school from Alaska's only Indian reserve. As for the investigation and the postmortem... Quote, an association with the Cowboys-Indians theme was foreseeable, should have been prevented. We must take accountability. And according to the report, the situation was escalated by the behavior of some of the home students that included inappropriate racist remarks and sounds directed toward the opposing team. They also, quote, lacked adult guidance that the responsibility does not fall just on the students, which reminds me of what I saw from the Auburn basketball team today. Have you seen the clip of before tip-off? They're at Tennessee, and Coach Bruce Pearl's team ranked in the top five they gather at center court and just start dancing on top of the opponent's logo. <laughs> it never works. Why? Boo started raining down from the crowd that was there that early pregame and yes, they lost this one as well. In fact, as one person said on social media, these dudes are 0 and 2 in the mid-court dances this year. You think they would have <laughs> learned after disrespecting the hog at Arkansas? I would also add the quote from the Juno Alaska report, lacked adult guidance. Back to you.
3: Wow! Thank you, Steve, Brian, though no, Andy from Salam with you here on Fox Sports Radio. It's a very short list of the teams that dance on the opposing logo and then go on to win. Yeah, that's never a good recipe. <laughs> that's never. <laughs> how, how many have we seen recently? We've got uh, fail after fail after fail. The Titans did it at the Steelers, right? Mm-hmm. Who else? The Raiders did it at the Chiefs. There might have been one or two others in the NFL, but those are a couple that come to mind. And, uh, yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand. What's the thought process? <laughs> like, if, if the record is so bad doing that, I, I don't know why. I don't know why you're uh, – if it was, if the roles were reversed, that's one thing. But they aren't. So I, I don't understand that one. You? We in the same boat on that? We are
4: definitely in the same boat, you know, because it takes you – it takes your focus off of the game, right? You're focused on something trivial that has zero to do with the game. We're gonna dance on their their logo. We're gonna this uh, all that has zero to do with the game. And on the flip side, it just fires your opponent up, right? Yeah. Like so, yeah, you're doing two things
3: that don't benefit you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that about Auburn, but they went. Oh gosh, the second half. I watched a good part of that, a good portion of that game where they just went ice cold offensively in the second half. They couldn't buy a bucket, and uh, they came up short. Nice little stretch at the end. Jabari Smith had a four-point play to make it close, but uh, no, it did not happen. Tennessee ran away with it at the end, uh, or walked away with it at least. Are you getting all set for March Madness, big man? Oh, you starting yeah. to feel the fever over here? I love it. Best time yeah. of the year. I'm looking forward to it. For I was college in college basketball. I got to go to Vegas one year. I just went there for the heck of it for the beginning of the tournament and just kind of hopped from sports book to sports book. more so for the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It was tremendous. They've got the big screen TVs, and it's just the energy. Typically, I'd say like 90% of the room has cash on <laughs> On the games, and so they're just living and dying with all these plays. It's awesome. I love that atmosphere. You love that energy, huh? It's just fun, right? right. Like
4: This could be the mortgage
3: energy. Yeah, it could. Uh, you might not have a dime on the game, but just <laughs> when it comes down to it at the end like that and uh, someone's either losing their mind or just celebrating, it's fun. It's a fun vibe, no doubt. I'd recommend that to anybody. Who's a big hoops fan? Go to Vegas for the beginning of the tournament, like the first couple of days. Oh, I loved it, absolutely loved it. Have you ever gone to a tournament game? Those aren't the greatest oh, yeah. atmospheres. No, no, in no person, I, I've though. been
4: to a tournament game.
5: Yeah.
3: Oh yeah.
4: You know, was San it Diego the Aztecs? Oh, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> you already know, brother. I mean, what, what we doing here?
5: When what
4: they was go, the scenario? When, when, when they that? go to the tournament, I go to the tournament. Whatever uh-huh. it is, that, that's that's I that's what I do. I travel. That's how you guys get down. That's how I get down. I'm excited to go this year. I I, I think I might go out next week to the Mountain West Tournament in Vegas. Okay. See so what was the scenario
3: out. when you saw the Aztecs? I'm getting vibes of they lost. Nah, Am I, I wrong mean, we, on we, that?
4: No, we went all the way to the um, – uh, they lost in the Sweet 16 to uh, UConn. Oh, okay. All right. Uh Yeah. So I mean, we we was ball. I went to every single game.
1: <laughs> like, oh, that's I, come good, on,
4: man. Yeah, man, I, look, I, I – I, I do you ever go to the the Golden Domers game, or the Notre Dame games when they get into the, the tournament? No, no,
3: never them? have.
4: I went to uh... – It's it's a better experience because you you feel part of it, right? Like you feel part – it's one thing to just go and we're going to go and see these teams that you're not mm-hmm.
3: invested yeah, in. And yeah, yeah. You know, but
4: when you go and your team is there, it's just like –
3: Oh, I'm a fair this. weather Notre Dame hoops fan I am i'm yeah, just uh you just, you just. I'm bandwagon you know if they start playing well and winning games, like, yeah, go Irish all right, but if they're just mediocre I'm tuned out man i I live and die with Notre Dame football, not the same thing with Notre Dame hoops, not yeah, at all for me fair weather i know it's a, I yeah, just, well, you know, it is what it is what you know i it I gotta, I gotta tell you the truth you know. <laughs> Not gonna BS you on that. All right, we got a lot to do here. Coming up next, you talk about a bad, bad bet. We have an example for you right around the corner. I'm Brian No, he's he from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio.
2: Do you love Selena?
3: Like
1: really love?
2: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
0: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
2: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
3: I'm Brian No, He's here from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. How big of a DMX fan have you been, big man? One of your favorites. Did
4: you say you think you're a DM- DMX fan?
3: No, I said how big of a DMX oh, fan have you been I love over love DMX. Years? Yeah? Yep. So, top five
4: for uh, you personally?
3: Rappers or no? Oof. I know, right? Yeah, that's a tough one. Top He's 10? He's definitely in the top 10. Top 10, okay. Definitely in the top 10. Top five might be a little... Got to grit the teeth on that one a little bit. I would say one of the top five uh, rap show performers... Oh yeah, that dude gave every ounce of energy in his shows, man. That was great. Um, now you play cards, right? Yes, I do. Play Texas Hold'em. I, I would. I'm curious if you agree with this or not. If you, uh, you know, you're leading the hand, and then someone just has this suckout win. That's horrible. But I think it's even worse to be drawing dead. You know, like you have no chance to win the hand. You draw hand.
4: dead. Good yeah. Lord. That's a, that's a cold, lonely feeling.
3: <laughs> it's just embarrassing, right? Like, I'd rather, you know, get my heart ripped out with a, a hand I should have won than be drawing dead and have no chance whatsoever to win the hand. Are, do you agree with that? Yes. Or do you? Yeah, no, you would Yeah, same I would agree with that. Yeah. So,
4: because uh, at least you have a chance.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, Listen, I'm not a fan of bad beats. I hate it. I hate having my heart ripped out. But uh, I would at least like to be alive to win the hand, you know? You save a lot more face that way. So I say all of that because there are a lot of gamblers that are drawing dead when it comes to the upcoming NFL draft. So Spencer Rattler, remember the old Oklahoma quarterback? Yep. A lot of people bet on him to be the eventual number one overall pick. And he's not even entering the NFL right now. (laughs) He transferred to South Carolina. He's still in college. He got benched last year. It just, it went horribly for him. And according to BetMGM, 5.6% of all the bets were on Spencer Rattler to be the number one overall pick. 5.1% of the handle so just about 5% of the overall money was bet on Spencer Rattler to be the number one overall pick, and he's not even entering the NFL right now. That is drawing dead NFL draft style. Oh,
4: goodness gracious. A lot yeah. of upset people right there.
3: That it didn't work out too well. Did not work Somebody out too Somebody flopped
4: well. the nuts and you didn't.
3: Yeah, that's the worst, man. That is. I think it's even worse when you don't know they flopped it. Right. Right. And then you, maybe you so bluff. Saying they a bluff. So you got we got a chance. Yeah, it's oh, rough. It is. I'm telling you, it's the worst feeling when they're like, all right, both of you are all in. Show them. And you show your hand and the other person shows seven, their hand. Seven deuce. Yeah. And you're all like, suit. wow, it's over already. I have no chance. Oh, it's a lonely feeling right there. Very lonely feeling. Hey, what do you make of this Tom Brady movie coming out here? So Brady is going to produce and star in this upcoming film, 80 for Brady. It follows four Patriots fans, older women. They're taking a road trip to Super Bowl 51, which was the, uh, the Patriots' giant comeback against the Atlanta Falcons. You interested at all? Yeah, I think it'd be funny. You do? Yeah, I think it's going to be funny. I wonder how big of a, it sounds silly, but how big of a role Brady has in this thing? You know, like I understand he stars in the Super Bowl. It's the whole reason they're going, taking a road trip to see him. But seriously, how big of a speaking role is this? I I don't know. I'm curious to find out. I mean, he's he was in Ted.
4: He had a uh, a, a nice size speaking role in Ted. <laughs>
3: the,
4: the scene was this hilarious. Is, it was ridiculous. And this is you know this is Brady's personality. This is which are seeing a side of him that we didn't get to see in in, in New England. And I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's going to take the place of playing on Sundays. Oh, man. I and think Mondays and Thursdays yeah. and sometimes Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, the, the word now is that Brady's playing this year opposed to, you know, speculation. What do you think is happening here? Do you expect him back? I personally do. You do. Yeah, because I don't think he was ready. I know he didn't want to go out like that. Right. I know he didn't want to go out like that. That well that's that's for sure. Would yeah. kill him. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, if it's one year in San Francisco, mm. then that would be to me for him, it'd be a a a great cap to a hell of a career finishing off with your childhood friend. I mean, your childhood team, with talent all around, offensively, defensively. I, I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not give it a go?
3: I hope you're right. I don't think he'll be back.
4: Could you imagine Tom Brady with Debo Samuel's? Oh, <laughs> God! Love and, him and
3: and, and, and Brandon Ayuk and Kittle. Kittle? What? And a- Kyle Shadahan, who schemes oh up the running game, goodness. probably better than anybody else as a head coach in the NFL. It would be
4: over. He would love that. He'd have so much fun back in the Bay Area, chilling. Look, I got one year for you. You know, and let's see if we can do this thing. Hey, that'd be fun, but Tampa would still have his rights. Yeah, now look, they brought, he brought a Super Bowl to Tampa and, and – it could be like, yeah, we'll we'll. I mean, we'll, we'll trade you there, or we'll whatever that is. You know
3: Man, what I mean? Think about that. It would be back to back years. So San Francisco, they already basically went all in to get Trey Lance, and then they'd have to go all in again. It'd make a lot more sense to get to get the goat. Yeah, um, but,
4: but it. But what it does is it allows you to let Trey Lance
3: get ready, because I don't believe he's ready. Wow. That is, that is a curveball. We'll have another curveball for you here in about seven minutes. But uh, how about this other possibility? Tom Brady, the commentator. So Andrew Marchand of the New York Post, he's like this media insider guy, right? Like he's reporting all this news on, on media comings and goings. And he says Tom Brady's phone is going to ring from both uh, Fox and Amazon. Yeah, he's not going to take that, though. I mean, I, I don't see him doing that. You think he'd be good if he I, I, did?
4: I don't know because he's yeah. he's still in play mode. Yeah. You 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 can't when you're in play mode. It's hard to look at the game objectively and and right
3: like. <laughs> yeah, that would be difficult. All right, we got a lot to do. Coming up next, I think this is a major quarterback curveball. Others will differ. We'll
1: discuss. Do
2: you love Selena?
1: Like really love.
3: Oh, what's going on? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday evening, Brian. No, the big man E from Salam with you here on Fox Sports Radio. So, big man, we got a lot to do here. Lots going on with NFL quarterbacks. I found this to be a curveball. I'm not sure if you'll agree with this or not, but Adam Schefter, this is via PFF. He was talking about the uh, San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation here. So uh, just check out the audio. Let it wash over you, if you will. If you're not trading Jimmy right now and after trading
0: up to get Trey Lance, it's a sign to your fan base that he's not developing the right way.
3: He's developing the right way. They, they, They are happy with him. He didn't play college football at all. Two years ago he's coming from a small school to begin with and there is a steep learning curve
0: for a quarterback like that who's blessed with a lot of talent who they still are very high on it's not a reflection of whether they think he's going to make it look people said no come on they're not keeping garoppolo they're trading him. well he played maybe they do trade him i'm not telling you you're wrong it still is absolutely on
3: the table that he could be moved i'm just giving you the other side that i don't think it's a lock that he's going to be traded he
0: very well might but it's not a lock.
3: wow so Adam Schefter, I thought Sean Payton, or I'm um, sorry Sean McVay, the Rams coach, talked fast. You know Adam Schefter was going well, a he mile. He was getting in it right in right there. there. <laughs> so it's like, I've got lots of thoughts and a little bit of time to tell him, and so I'm going to do all at once. I'm not
4: saying it.
3: But he says that he doesn't consider it a lock that the Niners will trade Jimmy
4: Garoppolo. Well, I I know, and I don't. And I share that sentiment. I said it last hour. I don't think Trey Lance is ready. Now, people are so fast to, if you draft a kid this high, he's got to be ready to play. And in some cases, yes. But for someone who hasn't played legitimate college football, and I'm not talking taking away from, you know, Division Two college football, but the reality of that is you can play Division Two football, college football, right, B.? You throwing so, me
3: under the bus over
4: y- here, yes. Like, yes, for the purposes of my example.
3: Wow, Let's, you could be so a starting, just to show you how be a starting ordinary the skill level is. <laughs> I could play at the Division two level, is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. That's it. <laughs> just to illustrate how sucky the talent level is at that at that level, right? Huh? And someone
4: yeah. as special as Trey Lance, where he didn't lose at that level. Set out all of 2020, (laughs) then gets drafted. So he hasn't played football in two years, and when he did play, he didn't play at an extremely high and competitive level. So why wouldn't you take your time with him? If he has the tools, why wouldn't you take your time and get it right with him, opposed to rolling him out there and having him try to fend for himself or develop bad habits? I'm okay with this. Because in... Say he doesn't play at all this past year, and then he comes and he takes the the world by storm next season, uh, the season after next. Mm-hmm. Then it'd be like, wow, that was the best thing. That same thing they did with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for three years
3: in Green Bay. He sat on the
4: bench for three years.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. I get it. I understand. But man, this—I mean, I was—that's uh, unheard plan. of now. That's unheard of now. Yeah. And and the other part of this is for Jimmy G, right? Like I don't know, I don't know if Jimmy
4: guy? G is the answer. <laughs> that's why, you know, the Brady thing uh seemed you know, dope. Yeah, that would right? be a lot of fun. That 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 seemed like okay. Good and luck you on and that. you send you send Brady. I mean, you send uh Jimmy G to to Tampa you know, in the trade and, and whatever else you have to do. But that's just, you know, we're we here, you know, this is hypothetically speaking, you know, throwing things on the wall, see if they stick. Mm-hmm. But to have Trey Lance in the same building as Tom Brady would be amazing for his development.
3: I mean, I, I, that alone is worth it. Well, I mean, there, there are a lot of moving parts. One, Brady would have to come out of retirement. Two, right. Tampa and, and, would and have and to right. be willing to trade him to one of the top teams in the conference that actually got further in the playoffs than they did, right? Because uh, Tampa lost in a divisional round. You got to Championship Sunday if you're the Niners. So, I mean, I just look at this and say, it, it's it's an indictment as to where Trey Lance is right now in his development. This doesn't mean he's a bust. He's one year in, right? You got to give it a little bit of time. I know we want instant results, but you got to give it a little bit of time. So that isn't set in stone that this guy will never work out. But this was not the plan to trade up to the number three overall pick and have Trey Lance maybe developing for a second year while what? You run it back with Jimmy G, who was brutal in the playoffs. It's not like he even played well.
4: Yeah, that's that's there's no argument there. Wh- whoever the quarterback is, I know they want to take their time with Trey Lance because it's important. Because he's the next guy for the next 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. So they want to make sure they get... Or how many of these quarterbacks who didn't quite make it would have benefited from something like this? Right? If you take someone... Um, who? Well, let give me. Um,
3: I mean, some Sam would. Sam Darnold. If, yeah, if they developed right? a little more, others like would have just they would have panned out the same way. You know, would been would have been a mixed
4: bag. You know, because you, you, it's so much pressure at that position, and not everybody can come in and be a Russell Wilson. Not everybody can come in and be a Dak Prescott. I know that's what everybody wants, but neither one of those guys were first round draft picks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, it's it, neither one of those guys are first round draft picks. Not everybody's gonna be Andrew Luck.
3: Well, yeah, that's absolutely right? not yeah.
4: every. Not everybody's gonna be Justin Herbert or or uh, uh, to Joe a Burrow. Goodbye, no, whoa, oh, whoa. sorry, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson. Even the Texans didn't even start Deshaun Watson. Right when he first got into it, he was clearly better than. Anything they had in the quarterback room. But you know, the it's growth is nothing wrong with growth. You don't you don't get you don't find out you don't get a return on your investment until it doesn't work. Didn't work in the Jet with the Jets with Sam Darnold. It's not working in Miami with Tua.
3: You know what I'll say with the uh Well
4: what well, that's not even who drafted him, excuse me. Well, it was yeah. Arizona. Did not work in Arizona with Tua. And that was over real fast.
3: you with Rosen? Oh, excuse
4: with, uh with with uh, where did, where did Tua get drafted to?
3: Miami. Miami,
4: right. So I'm yeah. excuse me, Josh Rosen, you're right. It it was Rosen. Right? That that yeah. experiment was over really fast.
3: Real fast. You know, I just look at
4: I'm sorry, again, Tua and Rosen, they're the yeah. same type of player to. <laughs>
3: It's uncalled for. No, I'm sorry, I apologize. It's unnecessary. I apologize. Um, I know we're only one year in, but let me yep. just say this real fast. If you rewind to when the Niners moved up to the number three overall pick, and the conversation, it was almost unified, a collective front. You don't trade up to get an immobile quarterback and Mac Jones. You trade up to get a guy who's got some mobility and a playmaker like Trey Lance. And again. We're one year in, subject to change, but one year in, advantage Mac Jones, oh, and it's absolutely. not even close.
4: No, absolutely, but Mac Jones wouldn't have been Mac Jones in this offense.
3: I agree with that, but he would have been better than Trey Lance one year in.
4: Yes, but is that what you want, the one year, or do you want the no, 12? Yeah. yeah, you want the... You want the Baker's Dozen.
3: But every now and then, you can get seduced by the ceiling. You got to look at the floor also. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we're always looking up. Yeah. Um, Another quarterback in the news, Kyler Murray. If we go to the Arizona Cardinals, so this is the uh, Cardinals team owner, Michael Bidwell. He was on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. And listen to what he says about Arizona's pursuit of re-signing Kyler Murray to a big extension.
2: I spoke to him last night. We've had good conversations nonstop. I'm not a social media guy, but I think there was a lot of interpretation around that that was inconsistent with the conversations that not just I have had, but I know Cliff and Steve have had. And so the positive conversations that are going in the right direction, we know we've got to get better. Okay,
3: it's going in the right direction. Very nice. Now this, <laughs> I love this. Just one more from Michael Bidwell, what he says as far as his affection toward Kyler Murray, the
2: quarterback. You saw that the Kyler put out a statement, love me or hate me, I think was his terms. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to get better. Well, put me in the category of I love him and, and I know he's going to get better.
3: There you go. Put me in the category of I love him. This is interesting to me, big man, because we were just talking about Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers and paying top dollar for a top quarterback. The Arizona Cardinals are trying to pay top dollar or close to it for a guy that, as of now, is not on Aaron Rodgers' level in Kyler Murray. That's when it gets really dicey, when you're backing up the Brinks truck and Kyler Murray's not even a top 10 quarterback at this no,
4: stage. No, what, he just finished his third year? Um... Yeah, bro, you you got to finish this fourth one out. We need to see some growth. Yeah. Right? We're not about to re-up. Yeah. Not right now. Right. I need more. I need more yeah. growth.
3: Yeah, I would uh, say it's similar to uh, – similar me, to I, – I put them in the – somewhere in between Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield in terms of both those guys, they played through their third year. They didn't get extended. Right. Right? So – Give me that Josh Allen. Let me see that. Right. Yeah. Right? Like. Yeah. That. That third year from Josh Allen was like, holy cow. Give yes. me that. Right. And then you can step to the
4: table. Mm-hmm. Show me what that's all about. That's growth. You want to talk about growth? You you want to talk about work? Yeah. Coming that back was, better. That was that, a, was, that was brilliant.
3: Yeah, that was a leap in the third
4: year. Show me that before you start. Dissing me on social media or b- right. complaining? Come on now. Yeah, I mean that's that, it. that's that that's the standard. That's what we're looking at. Looking just at Justin Herbert, he just playing. Joe Burrow, they just playing. Kyler Murray's mad. What? Yeah. What are you talking I, about? I know it. What are you yeah. talking about? What are you doing? Why? How? Right. What, what, <laughs> what's, what's going, going on, on, man?
3: Yeah. Just play. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, man. But uh, we'll see. That's why it's it's so interesting to me, these teams that are in this middle ground, where they've got a quarterback that's at least serviceable, but they're getting to a stage now where you're paying well over This guy's serviceable money, man, that's when it becomes real. And it's some teams overextend themselves and they say, well, at least we're not a dumpster fire. We've got someone who's competent. He's just average, but he gives us a shot to not be bad. Right. And then hopefully if things break our way, we can make even more noise. But man, when you're paying top dollar for a guy like a Baker Mayfield, a, a Ryan Tannehill, not top dollar for Ryan Tannehill, but a lot worth right? a lot of money. You
4: saw what happened that's in the playoffs. That's a lot of money.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a tough tough position to be in. One of these top... Obviously, I think everybody wants to do what the Chiefs did where they had Alex Smith, but they went after the grand slam which was Patrick Mahomes. If the opportunity presents itself, yeah, I think it's better to be aggressive and try to find someone who's more special yeah, as a quarterback. And, and
4: and and another thing is you don't you shouldn't be Trying to re up two years early, right? Unless yeah, wait the till the Super bitter Bowl end, something like that, right? Like, if it you, isn't clear cut, yeah, wait. Yeah, the GM and in Dakota, i will be like,
3: nah, yeah. we're gonna hang
4: back. We're gonna okay. Bake, we he gonna scrubbed
3: your... us from IG. Yeah, so Big what? Freaking deal. We're not, we're not extending a guy that we're not sure of. Nope,
4: Baker Mayfield
3: model. Yeah, yeah, that's better business right there. No doubt about that. All right, coming up next, there is a partnership. That leads to a couple of interesting questions about rule changes. We'll get to that. I'm Brian. No, he's E from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio.
2: Do you love Selena?
3: Like
1: really love?
2: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
0: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
2: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
3: I'm Brian no, He's he from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. So we've got this partnership now, big man, between the NFL and the XFL. So the XFL, they're gone right now. They'll return in February of next year. And so among other things, it's going to allow the NFL to experiment with rule changes, right? You could just change a few rules, use the XFL as the guinea pig. Let's see how we like it. Does it work? Is it clunky? And then maybe the NFL implements the same rule
4: going forward. Are they so, going mean, to use it as a farm system as well?
3: Well, I think college football is the ultimate farm system. Yeah, I mean, but, but you can, but yeah, another version. Yeah. 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 For the tweeners, if you will. Yeah. Sure. I, I mean, the only
4: way that that, that works, any league outside of the NFL works is if the NFL champions it right. Mm-hmm. Allocate however many teams they have allocate them to a, whether it be a division or, 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 you know, conference, however they want to do it, because I know they don't have 30 teams. So if they allocate a, a team to a division or a couple teams per division, and, you know, teams can send their players there to, you know, like the World League used to be. Remember the World League? Oh, yeah. Late round draft picks and, you know, free agents, un- undrafted free agents. If they didn't play, the practice squad guys Um, in the offseason, they went and played in the World League to get experience. And teams would allocate, like Atlanta had a team, and Mm -hmm. when I got drafted in the seventh round, all I kept saying is, number one, the number one goal was to make the team. And number two was, please don't get sent to the World League at the end of the year. (laughs) If you got sent to the World League, that means you wouldn't have gotten a lot of experience. Like right now, Trey Lance would be, you know, playing for the... Uh, the Blue Diamond Argonauts or something right, like that. Right,
3: right, right, sure.
4: Just to get the experience of, of playing pro football. And so I, I I think the only way a league can survive, survive if, if you do that, if you fill the roster
3: with guys who made NFL rosters. Oh, yeah, that would give you a lot of juice. That was the dumbest thing the USFL did was try to go head to head with the NFL. It's yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah you're man, not you need to that. partner well, they, with well, them. Well, now yeah. they're
4: the USFL starting right. Yeah, but why wouldn't you just combine with the XFL? Like, why wouldn't you create one, just yeah. one, minor league team? Because there's not enough superior talent.
3: For yeah, three. Pro leagues? I know. Just uh, if you're doing a spring league. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's just
4: not. It makes no sense. And those guys in the spring league have a chance to to make training camps.
3: Yeah. It's like we haven't had one that's successful in no. the spring. So like, why, why are we going to? Two. <laughs> why
4: are we dividing I are don't them get up? That. And I know everybody got money and, you know, the Rock owns the XFL now, which gave them the end with the NFL and, and all of that. But, I mean, it brighter minds should get together and be like, Hey, let's combine this. That way, you get more teams and you get, you know, a, a, a better uh, form system for these NFL teams.
3: You get better talent the whole nine yards. So, you have a couple of XFL rules right now that there's no way these would be implemented as NFL rules because they're just too quirky. One of them, we always talk about overtime. So the way it is in the XFL, it's like a soccer-style shootout from this perspective. They have five rounds, right, where each team attempts a two-point conversion. And whoever converts more, that's the winner. If we're tied, then I guess there's sudden death after that. That's just goofy, man. We're, we're never doing that in the NFL where you have five attempts to convert a two-point play. And each team's do that. Like, that's just goofy to me, right? That would never happen in the XFL. No, no, no. The other part is uh, uh, no extra points in the XFL. And this might jog your memory if you watched at all. But you just, you have three options. You can go for one point, two points, or three points. And it depends on where you put the football on the field, right? If you put it at the two-yard line and convert, that'd be one point. At the 5, it's two points. At the 10, it's three points. Again, that's just too quirky for the NFL. I don't see that ever being the new rule in the NFL.
4: Yeah, one thing I wouldn't do in a league is implement rules that would never work on the NFL level. And I know you're trying to separate yourself and make the game more entertaining, but those rules don't work in college and they don't work in the NFL, so... This is the circus that was the XFL when it first started with Vince McMahon and, and all of that. Like, that was supposed to be the anti-NFL, right? You can date right. the cheerleaders. You can yeah. – <laughs> right? Like we that, No, right. nobody wants to see football like that.
3: Yeah, and that's the thing is I get it why you would try to differentiate yourself before, but now that you're partners, yeah, I think it's going to be just that. It's going to be a trial ground, and you're going to see – a lot more rules that could maybe one day be NFL rules
4: yeah like i would steer clear of the salaciousness of certain rules and you know we're not going to do a kickoff we're going to do a head button contest. like what like right, yeah. i <laughs> remember right. how the, the XFL used to start they took oh, a guy yeah. and put them, each guy at, at the goal line or whatever and put the ball at the 50 and they had to run until someone you know at the first 3 games someone got hurt severely yeah. hurt out for the season like that, that's not that's not no, okay. No, that's not gonna
3: be the way it goes.
4: No, that's not okay. No, they let you put your nickname not. on the back of the jerseys. Uh huh. Yeah. They... He he hate me. Uh huh. I get it. Back right. then, right? Sugar, just... sugar dreams. Like I'm like, wait, of <laughs> uh, what is happening right now? Sugar dreams with a touchdown. I'm like, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah, I know it was S- sweet sauce uh, with a catch over the middle. I'm like. <laughs> sweet sauce. Yeah. A little bit different, a little bit of a different mama's baby, mama's baby with the, uh, with the, the interception.
3: It's crazy. Yeah, I know. I know we're going to get more, uh, normalcy, which might, you know, some people might not like that as much now that there's a partnership with the NFL. Do you think last one for you? Could you ever see this being implemented in the NFL? This is a current XFL rule. It's on punts. So all touchbacks go out to the 35-yard line. They're trying to discourage teams from punting deep into the opponent's territory. And also, if you punt the ball out of bounds inside the 35-yard line, that is also a touchback out to the 35. No, I don't like that. A little that. too radical for me. Yeah, I don't
4: like that because you're taking away the uh, a tremendous element of the game. Yeah. Right, all of those things are are skills. Being able to pin a team down on the two, three, four yard line when the ball goes out of bed, like th- those are skills. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't like any rules that take away from the skill of uh, of the game.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I hear you. We'll see what happens in the next few years. Uh, be kind of interesting to monitor that. But you know who's also. Very interesting to monitor, to say the least. This guy has information, and he gives it to you in a fluid, friendly manner. Huh? That is his calling card. Fluid Fluid and friendly. And friendly. (laughs) That is our very own Mr. Steve DeSager.
5: Steve FF to say, by the way, the USFL gets going this year in less than two months and they had their two day draft this week and the Michigan Panthers were first on the clock and they took former Michigan Wolverines quarterback Shea Patterson at number one overall. The way they worked at the first round was quarterbacks only and then every succeeding round was just by position and then they got to round 12 and it was once again quarterbacks only and Michigan took another quarterback. The veteran Paxton Lynch was taken. So, wow. As soon as that happened, (laughs) our Jason Smith, oh, we got a controversy. Michigan Panthers, quarterback controversy. (laughs) You had mentioned the uh, Cardinals owner, Michael Bidwell, with his radio visit. He also suggested in the interview that uh, there could be a change in the Cardinals' uniform coming down the road. Quote, Mm. there's a timeline for this. We're going to honor tradition, but it is on the radar screen. And as Pro Football Talk pointed out, any uniform changes have to be approved at least a year in advance. To Hoops, gentlemen, Ben Simmons dealing with a sore back. Yet to play for the Nets. His (laughs) coach, Steve Nass, has confirmed it's just a little soreness in the back. Not like an injury. Not a long-term thing. Just flared up a little bit. You know, he hasn't played a game since June, and that's part of the process returning, he says. You ramp up. you get a little bit susceptible to certain things, as you would with muscle soreness or tightness. Keep in mind, Ben Simmons, after the trade, told reporters he does hope to play again by the time the Nets play at Philadelphia, which is about two weeks away. As for tonight's Nets game in the NBA, we have seven total games on the schedule. At Milwaukee late first half, the Bucks are leading the Nets 52-47. to It is the team debut for Nets guard Goran Dragic. Off the bench, he has six points in seven minutes. Meanwhile, the two teams that are tied for first in the East are each in action tonight, the Bulls and the Heat. Miami is leading early third quarter, 72-65 over the Spurs. Jimmy Butler, 20 points. But Chicago is losing at home in the third quarter. To Memphis, 60. 69- 962 for the Grizzlies. Stephen Adams, 12 points, 16 rebounds so far. Mm. Cleveland's wow. losing at home in the third quarter. 5850 Washington in that one. Kyle Kuzma with 22 points so far, and Trey Young was kind of on tonight. About eight minutes left in the game at Atlanta Hawks lead 10786 against the Toronto Raptors. Trey Young in the first three quarters, 37 minutes. 32 minutes, excuse me, and 37 points, 11 assists, young 15 of 21 shooting from the floor. To college basketball, number three Auburn lost at Tennessee. Number four ranked Purdue lost at Michigan State. Number six Kentucky lost at Arkansas, Mm. and ninth ranked Texas Tech lost at TCU. Just one week left in the regular season in college hoops, and now number two Arizona is losing with about 10 minutes left at Colorado, 56 to 50 fifth-ranked Kansas leads by two. At tenth-ranked Baylor, 50-48 Jayhawks with about 12 minutes to go. And it's halftime of the game on FS1 from the Big East. Eleventh-ranked Providence up 35-26 on Creighton. And some good news regarding Major League Baseball. First off, they've met with the union every day this week for labor negotiations. The good news now, they will meet again tomorrow, despite how ticked off they've been at each other at various times today and throughout the week. But also get to know that whenever Whenever this does, and it's probably not coming by Monday, whenever this contract does get done, a new labor agreement, there will be designated hitter in both leagues. Universal DH has been agreed on. There will be a draft lottery for Major League Baseball. The bottom six teams will go into the lottery. Union wanted more, but that's what they've agreed to. And also, you remember the Union contention that Teams are just delaying the debuts of their hot prospects so they can delay their free agency down the road. That was a big thing when Chris Bryant was being Mm -hmm. brought up with the Cubs or not being brought up, as the case may be. This is what they've agreed on tonight. If your prospect finishes first or second in rookie of the year voting, even though he didn't spend a full season on the big league roster, he'll get credit for a full year of major league service. Back to you. Hmm. How
3: many teams in the draft lottery right now? The bottom six. six. Six.
5: Bottom six.
3: Yeah, interesting. And a universal DH. They've been talking about that for years. I'm cool with that, big man, because, look, I'm a National League fan. Nobody wants to see pitchers. Nobody. Nobody I love the St. Louis Cardinals. I have argued with National League purists for a long time. It is the worst thing to watch pitchers fail at hitting. It's not good. Oh, It's so bad. Yes, count me in for the Universal DH all day. All day. I used to joke around. Some NL guys would be like, but uh, what about the double switch? I'm like, I'm willing to make that concession to not be able to have the double switch. <laughs> As if we could actually watch hitters hit. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I, I guess the, the only thing
4: is there's not a lot of Otanis out there, right? Like it's yeah, not, right.
3: It's not, not a lot. <laughs> at
4: least not littered with, with them. So
3: I did like if, um, if a pitcher threw at a guy that he had to get into the batter's box right. himself. Yeah. But again, but, I'm willing to make that concession as well. It's just not entertaining to watch pitchers fail at hitting. It's no. bad. It's a bad product. Yeah, it
4: it slows the game down, right? Like, you're like, oh, uh, uh, okay. Let's yeah, it's, it.
3: yeah. The game's um, are already slow, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, a little more offense, you know? I I think it's going to be more entertaining that way. I'll put it this way. I think that pitchers hitting in this era, it's kind of like if your girlfriend or wife wants to throw away, like, your old school ratty sweatshirt. And you might be like, but no, there's a lot of sentimental value here. And once it's thrown out, you're not gonna miss that holy sweatshirt. You know what I mean? I think that's what pitchers hitting in baseball is very much like. So, um, we talked a little bit about the Lakers here. LeBron James, he says, I live in the moment. So, of course, this comes on the heels of All-Star Weekend, where LeBron said a few things that caught headlines, right? He talked about uh one day teaming up with his son, Ronnie James, he also waxed poetic about Sam Presti, the Oklahoma City Thunder GM. And so it was like, is this kind of reading between the lines, shade at Rob Polinka at the same time? And what do you think about this? LeBron saying, I live in the moment. I'm all about the here and now with the Lakers. Well, he's created the moment, the here and the now. So
4: he better live in it. Yeah. Yeah, he better live in it. He, he talking about something that's going to happen at the minimum two years from now? Right. Nobody wants to hear that, bro. You got issues to deal with.
3: Yeah, it's hard to make your argument that you're living in the moment when you're talking about teaming up with, with your, son your son a couple of and, years down the road. Two years. Yeah, that's not the epitome of living in the moment. That's looking to the future. That's exactly what it is. And look, I can't. I can understand, and this has happened many times before with LeBron James. He's had a wandering eye. You're telling me he's all about the moment when they're five games under 500 and he sees where this team is headed this season? He's just in the here and now, that and that alone. I don't buy that for a second.
4: No, I don't either. Yeah, I, I, I don't. And I mean, I, I hope he is trying to focus. We got to win these play in games, man. Yeah, got, that's that's what we that's what we are right now to play in.
3: How amazing just to just that
4: being the position they're in. That's ridiculous. It's 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 a, a, but it's deserved. <laughs> you get what you get. Yeah, you get what you earn, man. And they've earned this the lackluster, the nonchalantness, the, you know, you can say injury. Everybody's got injuries. Right, but you got to still put a uh, you got to put a product out there. You getting beat by teams? I mean, they couldn't beat OKC. Yeah, the first right? couple of times this season. Like, yeah. it's just like teams with no stars. Right. <laughs> you got you yeah. got four Hall of Famers out there and they did nothing.
3: Yeah, it's just it's embarrassing, man. If you would have told me before the season that they would be five games under 500, ninth place in the I'd West. i am like, no way. I'd be like, did LeBron and AD suit up at all? Did they play any games? Ridiculous. I'm so tired of
4: Bambi legs. Yeah. you're. <laughs> that's what I call AD. You ever seen Bambi when she's first born and uh, trying yeah. to walk? Sure. Every time AD jumped, that's the <laughs> picture I see in my mind. <laughs>
1: Ah, oh, oh, That might oh, be the best God.
4: nickname. Oh, oh my come gosh. Come on, baby man. Baby. Just every time he jumps, something – it feels like something tragic is going to happen. Mm. I Not can't good. take it, man.
3: All right, coming up next, we close it down in style. Which team is more unlikable at this stage and going forward? I'm Brian Noh, He's e from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio.
2: Do you love Selena?
1: Like, really love
3: I'm Brian. No, he's E from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. I saw this floating around Twitter, big man. I thought it was hilarious. It just says James Harden has tied Ben Simmons on the Sixers all-time three-pointers made list. That's legit. Ben Simmons, of course, with the Sixers for four years, and uh, he made five three-pointers in four years. James Harden made five three-pointers. Last night. That's hilarious. <laughs> His, that is so funny, man. <laughs> His debut for the 76ers. You know, if you just look at Clance at Ben Simmons' three-point numbers year by year, look at this. This is four seasons worth. First season, 0 for 11 from deep. Next season, 0 for 6. So first two years, he was 0 for 17 <laughs> from 3. And then I uh, hit a, a growth spurt, 2 for 7 and then 3 for 10. Those are over seasons. Collectively, he was 5 for 34 from 3 in 4 seasons played with the Philadelphia 76ers. That is unbelievable in this day and age.
4: You know you can work on that, right? Oh yeah. Like that's a that's a skill that you can work on a lot of players come into the league and not have that type of jump shot, but they work at it. Mm-hmm. The fact that you've been in the league five years and you haven't worked on, like, what are you doing in the off season? Yeah. You make $37 million dollars a year. What, what's going on? What are we doing?
3: Yeah. And I'm curious just the way the nets are structured. If this takes a lot of pressure off of the guy, because he's not a three point shooter. And that's no, fine. No, that's he's fine. Not. But uh it was a bigger deal in Philly, not being a three point shooter. It's not gonna be as big of a deal, not nearly as big of a deal. No, not even close. In Brooklyn. Yeah, with scores like KD and Kyrie. It's like, bro, just play defense, facilitate some offense, look to create at close range for yourself where you can make those. You know, I I think that's gonna work a lot better for the Nets.
4: Yeah, they need them to play defense, rebound, and push the ball. That's it. Yeah. That's it. No one's expecting you to shoot the threes and, and do all of that. But we do expect, expect you to be
3: engaged. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And and the other thing is, I don't think that Ben Simmons was ever – he was never called out as much for not being a three-point shooter as he was called out for not taking that shot at point-blank range against the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs. Yeah, right? the,
4: the wide-open dunk.
3: Yes, That's what really did it. Yeah, people were like, "Mm, you know what?
4: Yeah, yeah. About that that."
3: was the textbook example of shrinking in the moment. That's that's just what it was. Yeah, people were like, "Mm, maybe not so much here. Now, there's another layer to this. So, if you keep it with Ben Simmons and look at the Nets collectively, which team is more unlikable? especially projecting into the playoffs, would it be the Brooklyn Nets, not for you specifically, big man, but if you are, you're kind of like the uh, the weatherman and you're just saying, now here we have uh, more people disliking the Nets, right? You're just looking at that chart, if you will. Do you think that the Nets are more unlikable or do you think it's still the Lakers that are more unlikable? In terms of... In terms of what the masses would say, right? Are they now, – now this is – I think it, I would
4: probably be the Lakers because they are underachieving. Yeah. To a high level. Mm-hmm. At a high level. Very – like people can't stomach underachieving like that. Like I can't. Mm-hmm. Better team beats you, okay. But underachieving at, at that level, mm, uh, oof. mm-hmm. I got nothing for you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's fair. I also think I'm gonna stick with the Lakers because I think they've got seventeen titles, you know? There's something about again, for a non fan, the Showtime Lakers, the purple and gold, like it's just if you dislike the Lakers, there are beat LA chants, right? Yes, yes. There's no beat BRK? I don't even know what the... <laughs> Beat Brooklyn? I mean, Brooklyn's never won, or the
4: Nets have never won an NBA championship. So, I mean, you know. Yeah,
3: it's just, it's apples to oranges right
4: there. Yeah, it's, it's not even, they don't yeah. have a, the story, they have the ABA storied history, but, you know, yeah. not the NBA uh, history of, uh, of every year is a championship year in the eyes of the Lakers.
3: I just, you know, if you tried to separate the history as much as possible, which is very hard to do, and you just tried to make it the here and now as much as possible, I'm just curious for the the non-fans of both teams. Like, who's cheering harder for a team to lose? Are you cheering like crazy for the Lakers to lose? People hate the Lakers. I know it, but when you get Kyrie Irving... Playing home and away, you get Ben Simmons. You know he's on yeah. that team I again. Mean, you at least got a fair fight between the Lakers and the the Nets for who's more unlikable. That's true. That is a uh, that's a we call that a pick'em. <laughs> yeah, right, right, like yeah. Uh, Lakers might be a small favorite as far as that goes. Might be a small favorite. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, quarterback wise, before we get on out of here, big man, um. Who are you most interested in, just the NFL offseason in general? Like, who's the wild card? Who's the domino? Who's the guy where you're like, for whatever reason, you either don't know where he's going to end up or you think he has the biggest impact? Who do you have your eye on the closest?
4: I, I here? think it's Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, by a mile for me because we know what the talent is, but we, what we don't know is anything else. Will he be yeah. available? Who's he going to be available to? the impact he'll have on whatever team that is. All of those questions are are more compelling for me than any of the, the other uh, movements we may see from quarterbacks.
3: Yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm definitely with you. I think he's the wild card of the entire 2022 season and beyond. He he could be the wild card for the next decade, right? Like Mm -hmm. the legal stuff gets sorted out depending on where he goes. I think that, w- that one guy would have the biggest impact on the field, and it's not even close because of his age. He's that's, so young. Yeah, I, exact, that's exactly right. Yeah. Great show, boy. Hey, bud. good stuff, man. Yep. Good hanging with you, big man. You Hope too. you have a good night. We didn't even sneak in candy bar bets. There's always next week.
1: Do you
2: love Selena?
1: Like, really love